You are listening to a Cold Lake Community Church podcast. We hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect. Title of my message today is a place for you. Jesus, in John chapter 14, I don't have this on the overhead, but in John chapter 14, verses 1 and 3, talking about the heavenly home that we all look forward one day. And he said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. He was talking about a place that every one of us who are believers hope to go someday. He's preparing a place for me and for you. There's a commercial on TV. I don't know how many of you have heard it. But uh, it's called A Place for Mom. And uh, after reading Ephesians 2 for this message, I feel that this title, A Place for You, uh, conveys what God has prepared for us in our today, while we live on this earth. Ephesians 2, 1 to 12 describes what our condition as Gentiles or non-Jewish believers was before Jesus came into our lives. And it goes like this, verse 11 of Ephesians 2, don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. You were called uncircumcised heathens by the Jews. You were proud of uh, who were proud of their circumcision, even though it affected only their bodies and not their hearts. In those days, you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from the citizenship among the people of Israel, and you did not know the covenant promises God had made to them. You lived in this world without God and without hope. To summarize it, Paul was saying, you were looked upon as heathens by the Jews. You were excluded from Israel in religious worship, ignorant of the covenant promises, and without God and without hope. And this is still true of anyone who have not or will not accept Christ into their lives. My first point is, but Jesus has made a change in the situation for all who receive him. Jesus has made a change in my situation because I have received him. I admitted with the word of God 
that I was a sinner. And I asked Christ to come into my life. I accepted what he did on the cross as a full payment for my sin. And so Ephesians 2 goes on from verse 13 to 16. But now, there's been a change, you see. But now, you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. For Christ himself has brought peace out of hostility and separated us, that separated us. He did this by ending the system of the law with its commandments and regulations. He made peace between Jew and Gentiles by creating in himself one new people. And that's the, the new creation that the Bible talks about. If anyone be in Christ, they're a new creation. Whether you are Jew or any of the other makeups of people in the whole world today. <clears throat> he made one new people from two groups. Together as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross and our hostility towards each other has been put to death. He has made Jew and Gentile believers into one group. He's talking about believers here. Made believers who were Jews and believers who are Gentiles into one group by the blood of Jesus. Together, we make up the church. If you're a believer today, you're a part of the church of Jesus Christ. And the church is a place for you while you live on this earth. In Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 to 15, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourself with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and give forgiveness to anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you. You must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace. And always be thankful. You know, when we come to Christ, sometimes we think that's the pinnacle. Now we're going to heaven and there's nothing else to do. But Colossians, Paul talking to us in Colossians, tells us that there's a lot for us to do. Let me just go over some of that again. Clothe yourself with tender-hearted mercy. Is that me? Is that you? Kindness. Are we expressing kindness in our life? Humility. Gentleness. Patience. Make allowance 
for each other's faults. That's a hard one, isn't it? It's much easier to look at someone and say, oh, they're supposed to be a Christian. Look what they said. Look what they did. Look how they treated me. Make allowance for each other's faults. And forgive anyone who offends you. Do you ever get offended? Do you find it easy to forgive? Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must, the Bible says, you must forgive others. These things that the enemy works on our spirits, tries to get us to act in the flesh rather than in the spirit. We hold on to things sometimes that can make us sick, that can cause us to lose out spiritually in our walk with God. Oh, we're still going to make it to heaven, I guess. Man, what we, what we miss out on in this life, in walking this life, if we refuse to forgive, if we refuse to realize that my brother and sister is just like me, and I make mistakes just like they do, and I have to come to God often, I have to keep short accounts with God just like they do. And God never called me to be a judge. God called me to love on, on my brothers and sisters in Christ. And the church is where all of this should be happening. When you realize that you're a part of the body of Christ, and your brothers and sisters are going through the very same struggles that you're going through, you and I face a, a sickness or, or some financial failure or something or, or a relationship problem. And we think no one else has ever gone through this. Why me, Lord? Why me? I need to say, Lord, open my eyes and help me to see that the brother or sister that I shook hands with this morning and they were all smiles may be hurting very badly inside. They may be crushed. They may be going through something that is so hard to bear and so hard to understand. But God has prepared a place for you and for me where we can come into little buildings like this and know that there's a group of people that are going through the same things that I'm going through, or they have gone through the same things that I'm going through right now, and are more than willing to stand by you. Don't expect everyone to be so prophetically inclined that they can look at you and say, oh, you've got this going on in your life. Most of us need to know that my brother, my sister, needs help. They need my prayers. They need somebody to come alongside them through their struggle. Charles Stanley, in his daily devotional from August this year, August the 24th this year, he said, if professing believers 
were really honest, many would say their lives bear little resemblance to the Christian life described in Scripture. They struggle repeatedly with the same sins, feel that God rarely answers prayer, and wonder why he hasn't given them the desires of their heart. Now, is, how is this possible? The problem may be a lack of submission to Christ. People often want the forgiveness of sins and the promise of heaven, but are not willing to place themselves under the Lordship of Christ. He goes on to say, therefore, they are disconnected from what he wants to do in their lives. In refusing to submit, they forfeit the blessings that come to those who know Christ as Savior and Lord. It is possible to walk in this peace and enjoy the blessings of God, but it is impossible to enjoy this unless we are completely in submission to him and his word. We're not discounting the necessity of confession of sin and repentance. But Christianity and church is about relationship. It's about connection. That's why we say at Cole Community Church is a place to connect with Christ, the church, and the community. Ephesians 2, 17 and 18 says, He brought this good news of peace to you Gentiles who were far away from him, and peace to Jews who were near. Now, all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. We walk in God's mercy and, and his grace and his peace. And we extend the same forgiveness that, ha that we have received from him. We extend that to others. Secondly, God has placed us in his family, and God's family is called the church. We are called to belong to his church. Not necessarily this group of people, but you find the place where you feel you belong, where you feel that you can worship God in the way that it relates to you. And you stick with that place, and you stay with that place, and you put all of your energy and all that the gifts that God has given you into the work of that ministry so that God's work can go ahead. The church have been being crippled by too many people who just go to church to see what they can get out of it, not what they can give. That's the farthest thing from a lot of people's mind, is what can I give to this group of people so that they, that, that this group of people will be strong in Coal Lake. And they hop from church to church, trying to find a blessing when the blessing is right in front of them and all they have to do 
is submit to Christ. The church is the body of Christ. It isn't a vent. It isn't a building. We're called to belong to the church. And the church is the body of Christ. It is a one flesh relationship, just like a marriage. And you're called to be a part of a family with all the other people of God. It's absolutely necessary for every believer to be connected to a local church. I once uh, read an illustration of a, of a man who uh, had decided he wasn't going to go to church anymore. He had a lot of things. He was critical about a lot of things. And so the pastor went to see him. And he was seated in his living room before a big fireplace. It was in the, in the, in the fall. And, uh, and the pastor, uh, when he came in, he walked to the fireplace. He took the tongs and he took one of the junks of wood that was there. And he took it out and he laid it on the side and, uh, and began t- talking to him. And as the conversation went on, uh, close to the end of the conversa- conversation, the pastor pointed to that, that ember. And now it was just about gone out. There was no flame left on it. Very, it was just black. And he said, brother, you see what happened to that ember that I took out of the fire. He said, this is the kind of thing that happens to people who separate themselves from the church. The fire goes out. And if you don't get back into the flame, you would eventually die spiritually. I could give you a list of people that I have known in my lifetime of ministry who have decided that they didn't want to fellowship anymore with the group of groups of people that I fellowship with. And if they had gone somewhere else to another church, that would be beautiful. But they decided that they had enough of church. And some of the things they would say to me, oh, I still pray, you know. Oh, I listen to Jimmy Swaggart, or I listen to Kenneth Copeland, or I listen to one of the other evangelists, Stanley, or one of the other evangelists on TV. That's my church now. They've got a very poor image of what church is. You cannot survive. One thing, if you make it to heaven, I hate to say this, but it would be by the skin of your teeth. I don't know. (laughs) But, But if they make it to heaven, they've missed everything that Christ died for. They haven't, they're not interested in winning souls. They're not interested in encouraging people who are going through a difficult situation. They're just lone rangers. So we need the church. The church, God gave the church 
so that while we're here on this earth, we can come together, we can comfort one another, we're stronger together, we're better together than alone. I know I've gotten off my track a little bit here, so I'll, I'll, uh, I'll get back here somewhere. The church is a family, and you'll never get to know God or his purpose for your life unless you're in community with God's family. You need to decide, where has God called me? Where has God called me in, in Cold Lake? And then stick with that. Ephesians 19, 2, verses 19 to 22 says, So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Together we are his house, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And the cornerstone is Jesus Christ himself. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, you Gentiles are being made part of his dwelling, where God lives by his spirit. <clears throat> Thirdly, most of our identity is based upon our relationships. I'm a son. I'm a husband. I'm a grandfather, and I'm a pastor. I've been a whole lot of other things. I've been a salesman, door-to-door -door salesman. Could you believe that? I was a fisherman, a logger, construction worker. I've been on this sod a long time. I've done a lot of things. Those relationships help to define who I am. People know who we are in relationship to other people. When that relationship ends, many people have trouble coming to grips with who they are. Sometimes when a person retires, they're like a fish out of water. The only remedy for this is to get reconnected. Get back to work. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Regardless of what uh, family you have had a part in in the past, your most important identity comes from your relationship with Jesus Christ, God's family. God wants our identity grounded in a relationship with his forever family. The church the body of Christ is his forever family. If you belong in God's household with every other Christian, you're in the right place. Physical families don't last forever. <clears throat> People die, they separate, they divorce. Your spiritual family will last forever. When that's what your identity is built upon, your identity will last. 
If you're a part of God's family, the church, you don't have to go through life's ups and downs alone. The church is a place, this is my fourth and final point, the church is a place that God has designed for you and me. Where we can have friendship and fellowship and share our deepest secrets. The building is one of the most important pictures of the church in the Bible. In a building, all the connected parts hold each together. There are even load-bearing walls. Sometimes a person who don't understand these things may go into a place, buy a place, say, oh, we're going to renovate this. I'm going to take down this wall, this one. We're going to make all this one big room. They don't know that soon you're going to hear some creaking and cracking because you've just taken away a load-bearing wall. Everything is important within the building. You'll have times in life when you need people to help hold you together. If you're not a part of God's family during those times, you can fall apart. The Bible says of Christ that he lives in us by his spirit. Together, we form God's temple, a strong people in unity as one building. A disconnected frame has no support and no stability. We need this stability living in unity with Christ and with each other. You weren't meant to go through life disconnected. If you are not connected, you're probably a lonely person. The church is where people will find love and support. They'll support you no matter what you're going through. You may say, oh, I haven't found that in the church. I don't have any friends in the church. Guess what? The Bible says that if you want friends, you must show yourself friendly. If you avoid eye contact with anyone and you just pass them just as if they're not in the room, don't expect There may be some people that will reach out regardless, but most of us will consider, you don't want to talk to me. You weren't meant to go through life disconnected. If you're not connected, you're probably a lonely person. Romans chapter 12, verse 4 and 5. Just as there are many parts to our bodies, so it is with Christ's body. We are all parts of it, and it takes every one of us to make it complete. For for we each have different work to do, so we belong to each other, and each needs the other. We need each other. There are empty seats here this morning. 
that a few years ago, people were seated. And they were a part of this family. And when they left, there's always a, seems to be a hole. This takes a while to just get together again. It doesn't matter whether they left because they don't like the way we do things or whether they left because they've been transferred to some other uh, company in some other, some other city. When you're a part of a group for a while, you're missed when you're not there. The Bible says we're all different. But together we can accomplish what we could never do on our own. When we're a part of the body of Christ, we'll find where we fit into his kingdom. Just about everybody has something that they can do. You don't look at something, you don't look at Gordy uh, do, doing his thing and say, well, you know, like, I can't do that, so I'm useless around here. Every one of us has got something that we can do. At 40 years of age, I never thought I would ever be a pastor. I would sit in Bible studies and I wouldn't say a thing. I was sure that anything that I had to, to contribute to that conversation was so far off the wall, they'd probably ask me not to come back to Bible study anymore. And then when I said yes to Christ, I began to realize how passive I am, and Lord, they'll spit me up and chew me out. What is it? Chew me up and spit me out. <laughs> if he caught it right away, I don't know. Anyway, I was the least person you would ever think would be a pastor. But I don't know how much anyone else have enjoyed it, but for the last 35 years, I've really enjoyed it. I've found where God wanted me to be. You won't discover, okay, when you're, when you're a part of the body of Christ, you'll find where you fit into the kingdom. But you won't find this anywhere else except in the church. You won't discover it at work or at the gym or in the, on the athletic team. But as you learn to stay connected to him, he may very well call you to ministry in some of these areas. The Bible says... Just as there are many parts to our bodies, so it is with Christ's body, so we belong to each other, and each of us need the other. This passage tells us four things about how we fit together within the body of Christ. The body is made up, first of all, of many different parts. All we have to do is look around us this morning. Do you see anyone that looks like you? Do you, you, you see anyone that... Am I looking in a mirror? 
Do you see anyone that talks like you? No. You find out that we're all different. The Bible says, just as there are many parts, the same with the body of Christ as on our own body. You don't think about your finger, either one of them, unless one is hurting. And then the whole body feels it. You don't recognize the value of your lungs when you're breathing properly. But when you're five months struggling with breathing, with fluid on your lungs, you begin to appreciate how important those things are. And sometimes we don't consider how valuable each one of us is to each one of us within the body of Christ. Nobody looks like you. Nobody sounds like you. But God designed us that way because I guess he loves variety. We're all needed to make the body complete. Nobody can say, I'm not important. The church needs all of us. We all have a work to do. We have different roles and ministries. If all, that, if all of the parts of our physical body did, not, did the same thing, we'd be a mess. And the same is true of the church. If we were all musicians, there'd be a lot lacking. If we were all preachers, there'd be a lot lacking within the group. We'd be too, we don't want to be disproportionate. When we get too many preachers here, we'll send the preachers out somewhere else. Or we'll leave them here and we'll go somewhere else. That's the way it works. We all have work to do. We all have different roles and ministries. If all the parts of our physical bodies did the same thing, as I said, we'd be in a mess. We belong to each other. We don't just belong to God, but to one another in the body of Christ. Each of us needs the rest of us. You can't get that outside of the body of Christ. To truly tap into your unique contribution in the world, you need to be active in a church. Very few people become missionaries that haven't been connected to a church. And usually if somebody tries to put the cart before the horse in that respect, they're going to be a failure. You get connected to a church and you pour into God's work, into God's people. And then, when the time comes, God will use you for his glory in a ministry. So in conclusion today, what can we draw from this message? May I suggest four things. We tend to drift spiritually when we're not connected relationally. 
Number two, Christianity was never intended to be an independent endeavor. Number three, our shared gifts, talents, and resources make us stronger. And number four, God ordained a church as his organized plan for the redemption of souls. Whether you're young or older, married or single, divorced or widowed, church is the best place for you. It's the place that God has prepared for you on earth until he takes you to that place that is prepared for you in heaven. You have been listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. We hope that you've been blessed by this teaching from Cold Lake Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect.